0: Some dangerous, large
1: uh, carnivore out there. Yeah, I saw that bird pick a young deer off the road and fly away. And it was just about getting dark, and we started panicking, running down the bridge,
2: not really having any clue. of was throwing rocks in our vicinity, good-sized rocks. And uh, I stopped long enough to get a seven out of my backpack. and looked back and that's when I saw it. I saw one.
1: For uh, well, a week, the, the town defiance was being harassed by a werewolf. And it's actually attacked. Two railroad workers uh, killed livestock. You know, just a lot of weird stuff that was going on.
0: With you for Monster X Radio. Uh, talking about Never Neverland, that is where Shane and I were this weekend. Uh, Mark Mercel, uh, the gentleman who found the location for um, the log cabin, the miners' cabin from the famous uh, 1924 Fred Beck incident where the miners were uh, shot. Suppose the story is that they shot at and then shoddy Bigfoot that fell into a ravine while they, and they were at bombard, their cabin was bombarded by rocks, uh, overnight. So we actually went with Mark to the site, uh, of the cabin. And let me tell you, it is no easy trek. Um, we, uh, I, I've never done any kind of mountaineering or mountain climbing. And, uh, I know that Shane has done some, but, uh, it was, and, and I, uh, I have a little, I, I don't have, I'm not really afraid of heights, but I'm afraid of heights when there's no barrier between me and him and a death. And uh, uh, we came around the corner to where we were going going to go down this, to uh, the cabin. And uh, I was at one point thinking how I could fake a broken leg because uh, my, my nerves were a little bit uh, shaky, but... Uh, Four five of us went down and five of us made it back up and it was uh, it was a blast. With me as always is my good friend and uh if he he uh cemented his reputation with me as hardcore Corson. Shane Hardcore Corson. Hi, Shane. Hey
2: Gunner. <laughs> Just a few hours we saw each other last, but uh yeah, I know Joe. <laughs> that uh that uh what an absolute amazing time out. Mark and Michelle is the man. um mm-hmm. and uh led us on an epic journey and uh for the doubters out there that you know um don't think that this is the and if you're familiar with Dave Canyon story, you don't think this is the site. I'm telling you, it is the location, it is the site. It was mm-hmm. not what I expected, uh quite honestly. <laughs> uh but uh having said that, it is definitely the site, you know, um Without a doubt, and Mark Marcel has done a fantastic job as a student, um, you know, a historian, uh, an enthusiast on on finding this location, and and really uh, putting all the pieces together. I was absolutely blown away um, by everything uh, he put together, you know, and and you know, as a you know by trade a land surveyor, he really nailed it. And uh, epic trip. Great! It was a great time out with uh, Shelly Compton and and um, Abigail and uh, Brad and, and Mark and Gunner. Fantastic time, <laughs> and uh, we're all really tired, but you know, uh, looking forward to our, our show tonight with our guests.
0: Yeah, no, it was it was uh, it was crazy, and I want to congratulate Abby and Shelly for being the first women to be to the site. Um, and let me tell you something that is, I I can't emphasize it is, it's gnarly getting down there and it's uh, about gnarly and a half coming back up. So, um, if, uh, (laughs) I, Mark, Mark is, it's incredible because the guy, uh, not only he took, you know, he took a mystery and, and has spent, I don't know how many, it's gotta be thousands and thousands of hours researching and, and going and finding this site. Um, And my hat goes off to Mark. I mean, Mark is just like the salt of the earth kind of guy. And uh, he he uh, brought his friend Brad, who who uh, shared some interesting stories and uh, is a kick in the pants too. So we we got a little wet going in, uh, and but it was nice to get down to uh, the day. Yesterday we went down to the site, and um, not great time still. We'll have, we've already talked to Mark. He's going to come on and, and talk to us, and we'll will revel in the the historic epic trip. So, um, absolutely. Without yeah. I, I think I think we should uh, bring on our guest.
2: Absolutely. Let's bring on Jody Cook here.
0: Hello.
1: Hello. Hey, how you doing, Jody?
0: Hey, good. How are you, buddy?
1: Doing good. Doing good. How you doing?
0: I am tired, actually. So. Yeah, I,
1: I know. I, I was thinking for some reason I kept thinking the show was like at nine o'clock tonight. You know, being um, you know, I didn't think you guys were on the same timeline. I just just got in for the grocery store and I got the text. I'm like, wow, it's at, at nine. So, so
0: yeah, I, I had a long day out
1: shopping and all that
0: stuff. Well, we just got back from Eight Canyon, so we're a little beat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah, I read uh, Fred Beck's book. Yeah. So, Jody, for uh, our our listening audience, can you uh, tell uh, us a little bit about yourself? Okay. Uh, I've been
1: well before I did um, the crypto stuff. I was a UFO investigator uh, with a local group um, here in Cincinnati back in oh heck the 80s and 90s. You know and um was you know was doing that for quite a few years and um we had a back at, you know back in the old days, you know we had public access t v and we had a live television show that we did on, like on the first Wednesday of every month, and we had guests on there, and you can call in and things and i mean it was it was really good we had a lot of viewers and um like I said we did the u f o stuff for for years, and we did the show for years. And then we started getting a lot of cryptid sightings. You know, uh, you know, people were calling in telling us about the different cryptid sightings and things. So, you know, I took it along with another researcher and kind of fell into it and been doing, you know, Bigfoot and uh, cryptid uh, stuff for about 25 years now. So,
0: yeah. So how did how did you make the leap from um, from aliens to cryptids? I mean, you just based on reports you were getting.
1: We were, de- yeah, because we were getting a lot of stuff in Ohio, and uh, there were just, you know, I found it really interesting. You know, uh, the UFO stuff's really, really fun, but it's, you know, it's a lot of sitting and waiting time. You know, if you're <laughs> you're out sky watching or. You know, if you you get a report and you know the the report's pretty old, so you know any type of physical evidence or anything like that is you know is gone. And a lot of research. I mean, this is the old days before people really had computers, and you're just going to the library, you know, uh, you know for research and things like that, going through newspaper articles and magazine articles, things like that. And you know, the crypto stuff was it was something interesting. It was something fun. That, you know, uh, I mean, I knew I knew about Bigfoot. You know. Uh, ever since I was a kid, uh, you know, because I remember going to see, like, The Legend of Boggy Creek, you know, when I was a kid, and I mean, I just absolutely fell in love with it, you know, with the whole thing on, you know, Bigfoot, and, uh, but at the time, you know, uh, you know, Bigfoot was something was like out in the Pacific Northwest, because no one really took it really serious, you know, uh, east of the Rockies, and things and there were just so much massive sightings, you know, that was taking place in Ohio. Um I mean I was finding newspaper articles, um, old stories going all the way back, you know, into the eighteen hundreds of, you know, sightings that took place in Ohio. And I kinda expanded out a little bit, you know, go to the surrounding states and things and done some stuff up in Canada, you know, things out in the Pacific Northwest and things. So it it, it was fun, you know, but it was just you know, it was more adventurous and it was more exciting than doing the UFO stuff. You
0: know. Yeah, I mean, there's a little bit more chance of finding hard evidence. I mean, the story you can get the stories more timely mm-hmm. and, and go investigate. Yeah, I mean that's. Um, yeah, you so, know, it's it, yeah. No, I'm just saying it's go just ahead. you know the, the the stuff with the you
1: know the UFO stuff is it's really fun, but it's you know it's it's really time consuming you know compared to uh, you know um you know the cryptid stuff um and and the thing of it is you're just you know our our team we, I mean we were just constantly uh research you know doing investigations on just about you know any type of report that we got you know and it was just, it was like you said really time consuming and things and like I said the cryptid stuff is you know, um, wasn't that much time consuming, but it was just you know a lot of research involved, and you know you spent more time with the family doing your research, and that was kind of kind of good.
0: Cool. So you've authored uh, a number of books on on different cryptids. Um, mm-hmm. How many total books have you written all together? Oh,
1: let's see. Um, I think right around uh, twelve.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And, so, yeah. So, so yeah. tell us. How, I mean, what what possessed you to write, start writing books? Not you every, know, my, not every bigfoot researcher can do uh, that. You know, my my thing is, I, I, I'm, you know, there
1: people have to understand, There's like no money to be made in this field. Okay, and and <laughs> if that if you're if you think that there's money to be made in the field, you're in the wrong field. My my thing is, I love to share information. You know, I I I believe that's the only way you know we're going to find the truth if you share what you have, and mm-hmm. you know one thing from being into you know Bigfoot field, you know for as many years as I have been, it's a very backstabbing field. It's it's loaded with clicks. It's loaded as the buddy system, and 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 that's how it is. You know, um, uh, it, it it's a really you know, it, it, I I would tell today if you if you if you want to get into the field, just be an independent researcher and don't fool with anybody else. You know, don't <laughs> fool with anything because it, it it is there's so much jealousy and just nonsense in this field. I mean, you know, I I'm probably one of the leading researchers on Bigfoot in the state of Ohio. I mean, there's other researchers here, but I'm probably the one that's been doing it the longest, you know, and, mm-hmm. you know, we have a conference every year, a huge Bigfoot conference. And I, you know, mm-hmm. I've never been asked to speak at at the conference, you know, because, you know, I'm for one, I'm not part of the BFRO, you know, two, it, it's, you know, it, it's like they don't want local researchers, you know, speaking at this conference and they'll bring somebody in from way out, you know, instead of bringing somebody that's already here. And it's, you know, and, and a lot of, the, you know, other researchers are here, it's like, you know, I, the, the whole thing of it, is, you know, is let's share what we've got. Let people hear what we have to say. You know, let's stop making this a click. Let's stop making this as a members-only club, you know, and, and this is what the field is, you know, basically turned into. So my thing is, you know, I write the books, and the books get out to the people, and, you know, they get the information, you know, and that, that that was that's the whole thing. The, you know, I just I love talking. You know, I've done conferences. I I've never took money to speak at a conference. You know, never, never. I except for one conference I did. Um, I, it was a charity for a woman who uh, was dying of cancer, and I was paid like three hundred dollars to speak at that um, uh, conference, and I gave it to the woman. I donated it to her you know, because uh, she needed it more than I did, you know. But, you know, I, I I just, you know, I do it because I love it. I do it because, you know, I want to get the information out and I want to share it.
2: Yeah, no, that's fantastic. You know, one of Gunner's saying, sayings is, you know, collaboration without the competition. And uh, mm-hmm. I think that's very important and, and right on point because, like you, you mentioned before, Jody, there there is so much – it's it is like a competition for a lot of people, and mm-hmm. and they want to hold on to whatever evidence or supposed evidence they have, and and they they want to be the ones that bring us to the public, and or their secret areas, and um, at the end of the day, it's you know it, you know to be, yeah
1: you know I I was out not Bigfoot hunting, I was actually out fossil hunting with some friends, okay, and uh, I've never done it before, you know I did it a couple. of um, times when I was a kid, but I never done it as an adult, you know, and we went up into an Adams County into a dry Creek bed, you know, looking for trilobites and stuff. And I found a tooth, okay. A, 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 an actual canine tooth. And it, um, and it, it, I've never seen a tooth like this before, you know? So I went and, um, they have this huge flea market, um, right on in Indiana and they had a guy that's called the bone guy and he, he has like every type of bone he sells you know antlers and stuff like that and he had a whole bunch of different teeth like bear tooth you know a boar tooth cougar stuff like that so I went ahead and bought some of these tooth to compare this tooth with what I had and it didn't match up to anything so I was at a conference and I there was a primatologist that was there and I asked him I said you know do you know what this is and he's looking at it and he goes like where did you get it you know, and I said, "Well, I found it in the dry creek bed." You know, I was fossil hunting. He says, "This is a primate's tooth." He says, "He, he says it's a lower right canine on, on a primate." You know, he said it's a little bit smaller than what a gorilla's tooth would be. You know, and uh, but he said, you know, it's got this groove in it in the back. And he said, he was telling that you know, primates are the only ones that where the teeth will do that, where the top canine will come down on the lower canine. You know, and he said, "Yeah, this is a primate's tooth." He said, "It's it's definitely a primate's tooth." You know, and so I so I got this tooth, and I'm like, "Okay, you know, this thing might might be a Bigfoot tooth." You know, it, it very well could be, and I you know I, um, I just you know I kept it. I didn't do anything with it. Went back to another you know Ohio Bigfoot conference, and Cliff uh, Brockman from Finding Bigfoot was there. And so I walk up the cliff. I, you know, I say, "Hey, you want to take a look?" He did. They didn't even want to look at it. They didn't even want to take the time to even look at this tooth, you know, mm-hmm. and, and things. And, and these guys are supposed to be the experts in the field, you know, and uh, they they didn't want nothing to do with this tooth, you know. Mm-hmm. So you know, I, I you know I wanted to get a DNA uh, analyzed. I took it to one place. Um, they said, "Yeah, we can do it," because of uh, there was a crack going down the tooth. They said uh, it would damage the tooth. It would just, it, you know, destroy the tooth, you know, to right. do it. So I decided not to do it. So, And I found one other place that I could uh, probably send it to where they said they can probably do it without damaging the tooth to actually find out what it is. And, I mean, it's a beautiful tooth. And, you know, like I said, you know, I had a primatologist. I mean, he knows gorillas. He's been bitten behind by one. You know, yeah. and he he said that's it's it's a primate's tooth.
2: Yeah, you know, yeah. I remember uh, I remember uh, viewing Facebook, and I, I remember you posting that, and I remember looking at that tooth, yeah. going, "That's that's pretty dang interesting." Uh, it's mm-hmm. not something I've come across in all my years in, in the woods and the forest and uh, whatnot. Did you get any idea with this tooth as to, it, do, you, was it a fossil to you, or was this like a, no. a pretty. Yeah.
1: No, it's 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 it, it's a regular tooth. It was all the way down to the root. It wasn't damaged or anything like that. Um, it was taken out, you know, other two, uh, uh, you know, of the, of the jaw, you know. But here's the thing that you know people need to understand. You know, Adams County, where I was, where I found it, is very well known for exotic, legal and illegal animal trade. Okay. So this tooth, it could possibly be a tooth from a pet primate because it, it's it's you know um, it's not uncommon for people to have you know large you know monkeys or apes as pet. You know, give you an example, we had a uh, gorilla here at the Cincinnati Zoo a few years ago. Um, Named Colossal that actually lived with two people. Okay, for twenty years, he has never seen another primate until um, he was sent to the Cincinnati Zoo, and this was here in Ohio. So people can own apes, you know, and things. So could this tooth be from a you know an existing primate um, where it got knocked out or? You know, maybe died in the woods or something like that, and you know the bones got carried off from you know rodents and things. It could very well, and anyway, we won't know that until the DNA check. You know, there's DNA checked on it to see what it is. Yeah. You know, well, you know,
2: it's it. it um, are you willing? Are you willing to? I know you kind of didn't want this done, but are you willing to have the truth uh, destroyed to get this DNA uh, analysis done on it?
1: Uh, I really don't because it's 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 a beautiful tooth. I mean, it the, the way the tooth looks, it, it's it, I've never seen anything like this before. And like I said, I've got you know um, teeth from just about every single predator out there as a comparison, and it doesn't look like anything. That I mean, I even have a copy of a gorilla's lower canine, and it doesn't even match up to a gorilla. You know um yeah so but like I said there was there was another researcher sent me a uh message uh, about 2 weeks ago saying this is who we go through uh for when we find DNA and check with them they might be able to do something I contacted them they said you know they 98% sure they can do the DNA on the tooth without destroying it Perfect. So, perfect. well, yeah. So, yeah. I'm going to send it to them. Let them look at it and let them decide what they're going to what they're going to do.
2: Awesome. Well, two things I like about that is one, you're actually going to get sent out here, but two, I like the fact that you're willing to admit that this could be a, a known species, uh, another yeah, primate. Mean,
1: yeah, yeah, I mean, it could be because you know the thing of it is, I mean, I you know I found a, I found a baboon skull here in Ohio, and. Um, and and that's what we talked about on Monster Quest. And the thing about this, I mean, you know, everybody in Ohio knows this. And and I mean, I got this confirmed through the Department of Natural Resources. You know that you know, um, you know, people own exotic animals. Um, I mean, they 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 find big snakes. They find you know cougars and, and lions. I mean, about two years ago. There was a guy here in Ohio that had a mini zoo, had lions, you know, tigers and bears. And he ended up letting every one of them out. I mean, he had, you know, cheetahs. He had, you know, regular uh, African lions. You know, he had, um, you know, um, another type of a big cat that he had. And um, he had hyenas and stuff. And he let them all out before he shot himself. And they, you know, and it's made international news. And they had to go send, you know, law enforcement and the DNR in to come out and basically kill all these animals off because they were just killing livestock. And and you know, then luckily they didn't kill anybody. But it, like I said, it's not unusual for people to have. It. And like the 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 baboon skull that I found, actually, how I found it was we have a place uh, that's called Buzzard's Roost Rock. And it's it if you ever seen like Devil's Mountain from um, uh, Close Encounters of the Third Kind, it's a kind of a peak like that, but it's not that big. But it, what it was is the Native Americans would be able to go on top of this, and they would be able to see. I mean, literally hundreds of miles. I mean, you know, just looking looking over to that you know the Ohio Valley. And right now, the buzzards are, kind of took it over. And they're, they're, all their roofs are up there, but you can climb up there, and that's what I did. I climbed up there, and I was looking around, and I saw the skull laying upside down, and what got me was the large canines in front. And so I grabbed the, the skull, and um, it was half-eaten, and, you know, I mean, just literally, I mean, the, the buzzers just, you know, tore it up, and and it was most likely somebody's pet, that either got too big and they took it out and shot it or, you know, um, it just escaped and died of natural causes, you know. And, and these apes, you know, they, they, you know, baboons and monkeys and stuff, um, they can adapt to the winter if they had to, you know. So, and, and, and like I said, that's how I found the skull for that one. And, and it's just like I said, it, it, it's not uncommon you know, for something, and like I said, this 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 tooth, it it could very well be you know a tooth from a known primate that was somebody's pet because of the location where it was found. But until we get it checked, we just don't know. I'm yeah. hoping it's a big one. Well, and, yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. and that's the thing. Yeah, that's the frustrating thing too. Is you you have this piece of evidence and you want to have it vetted and and process it properly, but but running into brick walls. You know to in order to do so, and right, it, you know, it it'd be nice if there was an easier way to get it yeah, done. you
1: know, that that's the thing because it's a, it's a beautiful tooth, and you know, I I hate to have it destroyed just to to say, you know, that it, it it's not, you know, um, that's fine, but to, to have it destroyed to say, yeah, this is what it is, that's the devastating part, you know, if it is evidence of Bigfoot. And they had to destroy it. That would hurt more, you know. And and that's you know what I want to you know wait till I can have some place that can do the DNA without really damaging the tooth.
2: Yeah, like you said, you know,
1: yeah, yeah, it just has this huge crack going down the side, and it's just you know, and that's what makes it fragile. But you know, but it it, it will get done. It will get done. I mean, technology, you know, advances itself every single day. So they'll they'll be able to
0: do it.
2: Yeah. It, well, one of the things that fascinates me is there's been reports, and uh, I really haven't vetted them or searched out, but of, of known primate species, non-human primate species in Texas and in Florida, um, specifically Florida, and I've heard reports of baboons in Texas. But mm-hmm. do you think that... Um, some of the the if if these are indeed uh, reports of non human known primates in these areas do you think that's some of the uh uh could explain some of the sightings oh as, yeah uh, i mean Bigfoot? Yeah. yeah
1: well the thing is down in florida they they they're, they're, there's a species of monkey that um actually lives in the Everglades, um and it was part they were part of a you know a research uh facility that you know, the they were able to get out of, and they just kept repopulating. They adapted to the environment, and um, they're probably no more than um, thirty, forty pounds, you know, if that. But you know, they're pretty big size. But you know, an animal, depending on this, you know, the the size of the environment, he can grow and grow and grow, you know, um, and you know, there there's you know, people don't realize how many primate facilities they are in this country and how many primates get out you know uh, we we actually had one here in ohio that had a orangutan and people were seeing this orangutan and they were the only facility that had one and they found out what this thing was doing was able to get out of its cage was able to get out of the facility go running around at night and right before daylight came back in and went back into his cage. And this is what he was doing. They're they're not dumb animals. And you know you know when people see these things out in the you know, the woods or the swamps, you know, yeah they're gonna think that's what it is because they're not indigenous to that area. You know, and it's a mistaken identity. A lot of a lot of it could be, you know, um but when you have something that's 10 feet, 8 feet, you know, that's massive, you know, walking on two legs. And, you know, it, it's obviously it's it's not some, you know, ape that, you know, got out of, you know, some type of uh, facility or something. You know, this is a whole different ball game there.
2: Right, right. And I agree. You know, I think a lot of these – I think a lot of the sightings and reports can be uh, misidentification um people not knowing their local fauna and whatnot, but also maybe possibly some of these escapees uh, that have uh, adapted and thrived in these areas. Uh, it makes perfect sense to me. You know, you don't expect an animal like that to be out there, and but can be that it is out there. And uh, when you're looking at it, you know, from a distance or whatnot, it very much look like um, reports of yeah. Sasquatch or Skunk Ape, you know.
1: Right. You know, the, the thing of it is, you know, if you, if you take sightings as a whole, Okay, majority of them all were sightings of something in the distance, something behind the foliage, you know, behind the tree line and things. And when when there's, you know, obstruction there in your view of what you're seeing, you know, you can't really tell what it is, you know, and and especially distance, you know, um, you know, you can't really tell the size of it. So you're really estimating on the size of something what you see, and, and and people always, and I and I hate to say this, and but it's true, people embellish and exaggerate when they tell a story. Okay, like a fish They tried story. him, huh?
2: Like a fish Yeah, I mean,
1: story. I mean, I, I, this is what I'm saying. Not not intentionally. I'm talking unintentionally. Uh, you know, it's done. You know uh it's like going back to your your child mode when a child's telling the story you know when you tell when someone tells a story you, you know they they tell it so where they make it interesting, but they're not trying to be dishonest. It's just you know the way they put their wordings and it kind of and and it basically gets embellished. you know they've seen something that's you know a uh, 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 you know four foot orangutan, and you know by the time the story's over, you know it's seven foot. You know, because they're estimating on what they're seeing from a distance and, you know, and, and when you see something like that from a distance that you don't know what it is, you automatically think that this is a large animal, you know, and, and that's normally how it is. But like I said, you know, I don't think people are out there doing it, you know, purposely. It's just it's it's, you know, unconsciously telling a story and it's just kind of embellish it a little bit to the point, you know, of of what they're seeing, you know, um, especially, you know, something that's, you know, within the tree line. I mean, it could be a bear, you know, that has a hurt front paw that's walking on two legs, and you see this large, hairy animal walking. Well, people know that bears don't do that, so what's the next thing that, you know, big and hairy that walks on two legs? And that's Bigfoot, you know. So, you know, it, it, it could be missing identification, and, you know, you're at the awe Moment, you know of what you're seeing, so um, it, it's new to you, and you, you know, you. It takes time for your mind to, you know, kind of take everything in and 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 realize what you're seeing.
2: You know. Yeah, yeah, I, I, no, I that, completely, completely agree with you. Yeah. Yeah,
0: I mean no, you every know, piece of every every I, piece of evidence requires context. So a sighting, and a lot of the report, we got a lot of anecdotal. F quote-unquote evidence so but and and it, a I was citing without any investigation uh is an interesting you know but not not to diminish the the eyewitnesses and there are legitimate because I think there is a Bigfoot there I mean we're not saying that all reports of Bigfoot sightings are are misidentifications no there
1: there there's not and and, and that's the thing you know um yeah, you know, people – the thing that kills me most is is when, you know, um, the police or the DNR says, oh, this is misidentification. No, it's not misidentification because people know what they see, okay? We know what domestic animals are in the area that we live in. They know what domestic animals are in the area that they're going to be in. And, you know, obviously these things don't look like the domestic animal that's that's there. They know what a bear looks like. They know – what a boar looks like they know what deers look like you know um and it's just it's not i mean because you know if your mind's not registering what you're seeing then you know it's it's not recognizable so therefore it's it's something that should not be there you know and and that's the thing you know um i you know you know i've been doing this for like 25 years and it's it's you can, you know, when somebody's, you know, pulling your leg. I mean, literally, wow. know when someone's pulling your leg, you know, by by the story that you know that you're telling. But you know, when when people are telling you a story and all the descriptions are are pretty much the same, you know, there's certain details you 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 know when someone describing something that you know what they're seeing is is real. You know, it's like, you know, um, you know, my sighting, you know, that I, I I was in the Army and I had three other guys. I mean, three other guys with me when we had our sighting and he was about 12 to 15 feet away from us, you know, estimating about 12 to 15 feet. And um, I mean, I, I, I've seen I mean, I can tell you from head to toe what he looked like. I mean, from from every single detail. And this was something that was not indigenous to that area, you know. And, and this, this I was very human-looking in the face, extremely human-looking. But, it, you know, but he was hairy. I mean, he was huge. And, you know, obviously it was a Bigfoot, you know, what we saw. You know, and, you know, ten years later, you know, talking with the guys, you know, one of them's like, I don't know if that was a. I mean, you knew what it was. I mean, you were right there. You've seen it, you know. And it's to the point where you know they don't want to be a part of it anymore. They they try to you know run it out of their head, you know, because it was that much of a shock to them. You know, it's just something they want to forget. And that's how you know that you know people are seeing things that's you know that really shouldn't be there.
2: Jody, are you uh, are you a, an active an active field researcher right now? And, and if so, or if not, I mean, do you collaborate with other groups? I I know you promote him being out there doing your own re kind of research, but mm-hmm. are you an active uh, field researcher? And if so, I mean, do you uh, work with groups or people? Or
1: oh yeah, I mean, I, I, yeah. I do. I you know I, I, I have a lot of close friends in the field, and I work a lot close with them. We share information, yeah, you know, um, right now I've been doing um, a lot of research and things on the dogman sightings that we're getting in Ohio and across the country. And I've been working with a lot of really good researchers across the country, um, you know, on, on that particular subject. And so I just, you know, came up with a new site called the North American Dogman Project. And um, I mean, I've, I've got up-to-date probably little over about 120 people that joined the organization who wants to be field researchers, you know, on this subject. You know, so, you know, we got, you know, chapters coming up all over the country now, um, you know, for this project. And, you know, um, and that's a big phenomenon going on right now is the Dogman stuff. Um and things. Uh but yeah, I mean I, I have a lot of different people I work with. my what the point I was trying to say earlier is, you know, do the stuff on your own. Don't get caught up in the bull. <laughs> you know. You know, yeah. I mean find friends out there and work with people, but you know, you'll find out who to work with, who to trust and who not to. You know, that that's basically my point, what I was trying to say. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean but there are I agree, that's yeah. that's been my my mantra for a while now. I mean if I'm gonna go big footing, I'm gonna go big footing with people I like. So Yeah.
1: And and the th- the the thing of it is you have to go with people you like and people you can trust, you know, and the the thing of it is you have to be skeptical. You have to be eighty percent skeptical when you go out into the field, you know. Um if you don't everything you find evidence-wise is going to be Bigfoot. Every indention in the ground, it's a Bigfoot print. Every, every you know, broken branch, Bigfoot did it. Every single street, you know, tree structure you find, all oh, Bigfoot did it. You know, my, you know, my thing on tree structures, okay, and, and things is if Bigfoot is putting tree structures down, okay, and you find one tree structure and then you go find another tree structure that's different, that doesn't make sense. Okay, if he's putting them there as a signal to let other Bigfoot know or to let people know this is his territory, all the tree structures in that area are going to be uniformed. They're all going to be the same. So if you find one here that's different from the one 20 feet away and another one's different 30 feet away, then what, what do you have? you got three different Bigfoot in the area marking their turf. You know, and, and people out there look at that. You know, not every – I mean, you'd be surprised what Mother Nature can do. You know, we have 65 acres of um, wooded area, you know, our family has. And we had a really big windstorm, and I had to go out there and, you know, clean it up. And you'll be surprised structures that were made just from Mother Nature that would fool a Bigfoot researcher. You know, and you, you have to really take time and look in what you're doing. And and I've actually seen, actually seen with my own eyes, guys from the U.S. Forestry Service and even from the Ohio DNR make tree structures. Make them, you know, just for fun to, on, on Bigfoot researchers. Right. You know, yeah. and so you you just have to watch with the evidence that you find and not think that everything, you know, is, is you know, is Bigfoot because, you know, you know, any animal going through there can break break a branch. People going through there can break a branch. You know, and, and it's not always mean that Bigfoot did
0: it. You know. Yeah. No, yeah. in fact, a good our good friend Shelley Covington, Montana, says um, when you're approaching Bigfoot evidence, it's Bigfoot last. And I, that's a good yeah good way to approach. I mean, be it, critical. It, it, it of, is. Be critical of evidence. Be, be you know. Skeptical.
1: Yeah. It, it it is, you know, and 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 like, you know, I I did this um, Bigfoot uh, conference one time, and we were talking, and someone asked about scat, you know, and you know, scat scat, it's crap, it's got bacteria in it, it's very nasty, don't touch it, don't bother with it, you know, and because I don't, the the thing about scat, you know, is whatever that animal ate, if he ate. You know, uh, another rodent or something like that. That DNA is going to be in there, and it's his DNA is already contaminated because of the other DNA that's there. Now, yeah, I know labs can sit there and and say, you know, clarify every single piece of DNA that that that's in there, but you know, it's it's still going to be um uh, I'm trying the right word, you know, it, it's still going to contaminated? have contaminated, yeah, contaminated, I mean, it's contaminate. still going to be contaminated. Yeah. You know, and, you know, feces is not the best thing to be fooling with, <laughs> you know. and, and it is, I mean, crap is crap. Leave it alone. If you want to take it and, and, and wrap it up and put it in your freezer and your wife actually pull it out for dinner one night, hey, go for it. <laughs> you know, but it's, it, 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 it's it, you know, you don't want to put yourself in danger by messing with something that has bacteria that can hurt you you know there's other types of evidence out there you can find you know hair you know um you know in you know if he was eating plants or something like that you you know the saliva that's on the end of a you know a branch or you know a tree or you know bone or something like that there's other types of you know DNA that you can get just don't put yourself in you know harm's way to you know to, to find the truth, my my biggest motto is, you know, safety before research, you know, and people don't realize that, you know, um, they, you know, safety comes first. Safety should always
0: come before research when you're in the field. Well, and the the only time I'm going to um, bring back um, scat from the field because I mm-hmm. actually saw Bigfoot do it, do it, do it. That's <laughs> yeah, and I yeah
1: i i'm i'm I've been working on this book for five years, and I've been doing it off and on off and on because there's just so much and I don't even know if I'm gonna even put it out because there's just so much information you know on this, and it's just too much technical terms and things like that and I was thinking about maybe just you know figuring some way how to just to break it down smaller but what what the book deals with is if you ran across a body okay what to do, how to handle it, you know, in in my personal view, how to do it, you know. But what people don't understand, okay, every single piece of dirt on this country, okay, is either owned by the federal government, it's owned by the state, it's owned by the county, it's owned by the city, okay. Just because you have a farm that's got 65 acres of land on it doesn't mean it's yours, only thing you own is that little piece of concrete that that house sits on okay that's why we have eminent domain that's why the government can come and take it from you you're basically just renting that piece of dirt people don't realize that you know that's why you pay property tax you know that's why there's eminent domain they can take it you don't really own it so if you find a body okay on you know in the woods okay if it's state property or if it's county property in reality you know they can arrest you for theft for removing the body from the premises if they wanted to be really hard about it i mean you can go into your local park you know and pick flowers and take them home to your girlfriend or wife and if you know a local police officer sees that he can find you and arrest you for theft and criminal damaging See people don't realize that. I mean, I I for man, I mean I went and talked to every single state about their laws when it comes to stuff like this. You know, and I I mean I put years of research into this to find out, you know, that, you know, you know, just the smallest thing could put you in jail, you know, if they really wanted to. You know, people think that oh, you know, I I own this land, I can do what I want. Yeah, go ahead. That's why you have to have a permit to dig a well. That's why you have to have a permit to add a, a you know a porch on to your backyard or a deck, okay? You don't own it if you owned it, you wouldn't have to go through all that i mean if you owned it, the government wouldn't have to use them a domain to take it in order to put a highway or a grocery store in you know and and like I said, people just don't understand that so and and that's what a lot of the book deals with so if you find a body, you know you know, how to deal with this. Some people sit there and say, well, you know, I'll, I'd cut the head off. You know, go ahead, cut the head off, and don't see how long you won't go to jail for, you know, mutilating an animal corpse, because you'll go to jail a lot faster mutilating an animal corpse before you will killing a human being, okay? And, you know, I tell people, don't do it. The best thing to do, if you find a body, photograph the body, take is you know, a hundred different photographs of the body, take care samples from different parts of the body, you know, have a bio kit on you, you know, if with syringes where you can draw blood if the blood's not congealed yet, you know, cut fingernails off, you know, um, you know, if, if you got ink and paper and a rolling pad, you know, put ink on the hand on the, on the palm of the hands or on the foot and, and put it on paper. So you got dermal ridges, you know, um, uh, try to do a swab of the mouth of the nose. You know, uh, if you're going to do anything, you know, maybe try to remove a tooth, a back molar or something like that. Have a syringe or you can sit in a pliers to pull the tooth out because something like that they probably wouldn't notice right away. And you know, so you've got something that has DNA. You know, uh, then what you would want to do? Don't call local law enforcement because they don't know what to do. You would have to call. You know, your DNR. And then what I tell people is you get two or three of your buddies out into the woods videotaping you, bringing them in to the site, having them videotape you, telling you, telling them, here's the body. Okay? So that way you got documentation when you ask them, hey, where's the body? And they say, what body? We don't know nothing about Bigfoot. You know, because you're dealing with a government agency. And they'll, they'll cover it up in a heartbeat, you know. So, you know, this this is a project I've been working on. And, 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 I mean, you can tell what I'm talking about, how this thing is taking so long to do, because there's just so much laws out there when it comes to dealing with something like this, you know. And and like you said, you're dealing with the state or you're dealing with the county. You know, if it's, if it's on their land, it's their property. You just can't get up and move it, you know, and, you know, Put it on a table. You probably could and get away with it, but I'm just saying, you know, if they wanted to be really hard about it, they can charge you with theft because it's their property, and a court's going to allow them to take that property back.
0: Well, I'd have to say if I came across a a dead Bigfoot, I'd probably take the chance. Well, yeah, yeah, everybody, no, I would, I would. If if
1: I could get the thing out there, I'd take the chance. You know. But I would also do everything I mentioned on doing just to be on the safe side, you know. Well, that'd be I,
0: scientific I, I, too. Yeah, it'd be scientific. I mean, scientific, you well, know, I mean it, yeah, because you know, if a, I, find, I'm sorry, go ahead. The part off is not. Yeah, no, I mean, you I agree with you because documenting everything you do, if you found a a corpse would be way more scientific than just lopping off a piece of the body and running with it. Exactly. Exactly.
1: Take care samples, like I said, from all over the body, swab the mouth, you know, cut fingernails off, you know, try to draw blood. And the thing, what I would do if I, if I was to take the body, what I would definitely do is, you know, contact my veterinarian and have him come over and confirm that it's not human, you know, and then maybe get my family doctor to come to confirm that it's not human. You know, try and get two you know people that you know your veterinarian or your local doctor, you know, have them confirm it. You know, get them to get something in writing. Hey, this, you know, it's it, it it's it's not a human. You know, this is what it could be, and and then you know you're pretty pretty secure on what you got. You know, um, and then that's you know I, after I have it on ice, I would get some of the people in the scientific field, you know, to come and look at this thing, you know. And, and and you know once you got a lot of a lot of people backing you and stuff like that, that's probably going to save you more from not going to jail. But you know it, it it's it's it would be out there. You know um, me personally, I, I you know I I don't know why Bigfoot would be so secretive. You know, uh, you know I I can see you know the federal government not recognizing it because if if they did recognize it you know, we have to say, okay, this thing lives in the woods, you know, we have to protect its habitat, so guess what? Logging stops. Okay, once logging stops, you know, people lose money, people lose jobs, and then you have, you know, you have an issue to deal with.
0: Well, my thing on that, that when people say, you know, but the thing is, is we should be protecting that environment already for the known animals. So I mean that, right? Uh, but but think about it. I mean, the human
1: species—we cannot coexist with another species. We've never been able to coexist with another species. We can't even coexist with our own species, okay? Let alone you know try to protect another human-type species. You know, I, I use this scenario a, a lot when when people ask me about this kind of stuff. I say. Let's use a hypothetical situation. Let's say mermaids exist, just for the fun of it. Okay, we'll say mermaids exist. Okay, Pretty so.
2: they don't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're right <laughs> up there yeah.
1: with the unicorns, <laughs> you know. <laughs> but um, let's say they 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 you know reproduce up in an area up in Alaska where they do all the crab fishing at. Okay, and so they have to protect the area, so they stop the crab fishing industry so we don't have crabs we don't have lobsters you know um you know the price shoots up boom because they're coming from a different part of the you know region now what do you think is going to happen you know money is going to be lost jobs are going to be lost these guys are going to save their jobs they're going to save their you know their homes and everything they're going to go up there and they're going to kill them off okay and they're going to do it quietly you know to say hey there's no, they're no longer here anymore I mean that's that's the human nature. You know, survival of our species comes first. You know, uh and and that's how it'd be and it's sad but it's the truth. You know, um you know, the survival of the species, is, our species is going to have to come first even though this is a unique species, you know, um that has the right to exist. But if it's stopping our species from thriving, you know, they're going to do what they're going to need to do, you know, and it's the same thing like with Bigfoot, you know, um, is the federal government protecting them? They probably are. They probably know they exist, and they're probably, you know, um, protecting them under the radar, you know, but, you know, they're they're not going to sit there and make it publicly. It's like, you know, the, you know I wrote the FBI under the Freedom of Information Act about Bigfoot. I got like 25 copies of like blacked out paper, paperwork, but they stated in, in the paper that there's 20, you know, 2,000 pages plus. That's considered classified documents on Bigfoot by the FBI. So well, is the I mean, FBI,
0: is huh? Bigfoot a, a national security threat or?
1: No, 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 and 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 did, here's the good thing about the FBI. What I loved about the FBI, the guy, the guy, you know, wrote on the left. You have any questions? Feel free to call, you know, and I'll talk to you. So I called the guy up. Really good. Had a really good conversation. He goes, listen, you know, we we have no X file, you know, and things. He goes, I I want, to, you know, I, I he goes, you know, I I know you're serious about what you're doing. We've had people. Send us Freedom of Information requests about this, and I like to kind of explain them our side. And so, you know, he's telling me, he says, look, you know, FBI agents, they're trained very well. When they write a report, they document everything. They leave nothing out because that's how well they're trained. Well, if they're doing an investigation on something and they happen to see a Bigfoot, they're going to put it in their document. Okay, well – That particular case they were working on may be classified. So that's why it's classified, not because of Bigfoot, because of the actual investigation they were doing. Or the agent's names have to stay classified for their protection. And and that's the way he explained it to me. That's why there's 2,000 classified documents. And to me, that was extremely accessible, you know, acceptable. You know, I don't want these guys' lives in danger And, you know, if they're doing an investigation that's protecting our country, hey, I don't need to know about it. And that's the way I looked at it, and that's the way he explained it. And they didn't have to do that. You know, he didn't have to take that effort to do that, but he did because he finds the field interesting, and he knows that they're there because they got reports saying that they're there. But he wanted, you know, someone like myself, who is a researcher, to know we're not holding stuff from you purposely. This is why we're doing it. So, no, it's not a national security. You know, you know, I, I, I'm sure you guys believe in UFOs, ghosts, and other things too, like majority of all the people do. You know, my my whole thing is, is if, if you know UFOs exist, and um, say the the President gets on TV and he says, "Look, we have alien bodies, you know uh, our planet has been visiting visited you know um, so far, they haven't been a threat. If they do become a threat, you know, we'll be able to protect our planet, you know, and we do have bodies, but at this point, you know we're just observing them. Well, you know what, if that would be acceptable, people can't accept that because we already know they exist. But we just got it confirmed. The thing of it is, you're going to wake up the following morning. You're still going to go to work. You've know, you got something to talk about at the water cooler. You've got something to talk about at you know, lunchtime. You're going to get off work. You're still going to take your kid to soccer practice. You're still going to go to the school play you know, with your other kid. I mean, your life's not going to stop. It's going to, it, it, you know, a week, two weeks, it's going to go on until something else happens that takes the bigger story you know i mean your your life's not going to stop people are not going to run into the streets screaming with their hands up you know saying it's the end of the world and you got people walking around with bibles you know saying it's the end of the world it's not going to happen like that the federal government wants you to think that it's going to happen like that that's why they don't say anything but you know if you take the whole american population or even the world population and ask them do you believe in ufo's you're going to probably get 80 to 90% of the people are going to say yes, that they know that they're there. Because, you know, it, we can't be the only species in the universe. There's other planets out there. There's other solar systems out there. And, you know, we can't be the most intelligent ones out there. You know, they got to be somebody else out there. My worry would be is that the fact that the government held that information from us. So if they lied to us about that, then... Obviously, they're going to lie to us about protecting us, you know, because if you, you think about it, the, the human species is a violent race of people. This planet has been at war since the beginning of time. Okay, they know that. You know, they've been monitoring us. They know that. They know we have nuclear weapons. They know we have no different killing our fellow man. And they, that would be a threat to them. And sooner or later, you're going to have some warring race out there that's going to find out about this warring race here, and they're going to want to fight. So eventually, it's going to happen. We're going, to, you know, something's going to happen that you know we're going to make contact, and it's not going to be good. You know, and, and yeah. that's 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 you know, you know that's I don't know. <laughs>
2: yeah, yeah. It makes you, it
1: makes you think, man. You know
2: yeah well jody i mean do you think do you think that we uh you think Sasquatch has been shot and killed and there's been a cover up or that there has been a body out there that just hasn't been brought to the public
1: oh yeah uh, there there's actually a document um that um where um oh, i i never had a copy of it. I actually seen another researcher had it he was able to get it through NASA under the freedom of information Act um and most everybody in the field knows about this document, that um, right before the, um, was it Apollo, which was the first one? Apollo 1, I guess, maybe. Or it might be a different one, but the the first moon, first rocket going to the moon um, there in in Florida, there was apparently um, one that was right outside the area where the rocket was getting ready to go off. And the Air Force went out there because they thought it was a human and found out it wasn't a human. It was a Bigfoot, and they shot and killed it. And so the government had a body. And, you know, um, I, I believe the document is legitimate. Um, I, I've heard uh, when Mount St. Helens happened that bodies were recovered from Mount St. Helens. You know, I, I do believe the government has bodies. I believe the Smithsonian has the remains of a Bigfoot. Mm-hmm. I really do. The thing about the Masonian Institute is that they have so much stuff that they're cataloging from paper to the computer that it will take them another 200 years to do mm-hmm. because they have so much stuff. And they only put on display if they have more than one of the artifact. So majority of all the stuff is sitting in crates under steps in a warehouse underground somewhere. So I will I will lay money that somewhere inside the Smithsonian Institute there's a remains of a bigfoot that was brought in 100 years ago and no one knew what it was. And until they find another one they could compare it to uh you know we'll never know. But I I almost guarantee they there there's there's remains of one in there but yeah i don't think i i don't think the government you know um but I, well let me rephrase that. i do think the government has remains of one you know i i think when i think about that i think remember the movie ice man cometh where they found that i uh that caveman they uh thawed him out and they put him in that little um indoor facility where he still thought he was, you know, in the cave and in the woods and stuff. I I truly believe that, you know, the government has a facility like that, and they got Bigfoot in there that they're monitoring. You know, I I really do.
2: Yeah. Yeah, there's no doubt for me that the Smithsonian has, like you said, these crates that are just full of uh, future finds and, and whatnot. So there's no doubt about that. I don't know if they have a Bigfoot body or bones. But it it's a possibility for sure. Uh, I think oh, yeah. that they have yeah. so so much material um that like I said, it takes not just one but two to make it a, uh out to put it out there and they just got crates of stuff. I mean, uh that's improved oh, years.
1: When Monster Quest did the show about the giant bears, okay, they had a skull um that was that they believed um the, the short-nosed bear was still living, which was a, the cave bear. And um, they, they had a skull that they found um, oh, back in the late 1800s, and the skull was actually given to the uh, Smithsonian. Well, when MonsterQuest did that show, it took the Smithsonian almost six months just to locate that skull because they only had one, and it was never on display, but it took them almost six months to locate it just for the show. And the the um, uh, scientist that talked about it, he wasn't even allowed to photograph it. He They let him in to look at it, to touch it, and that was it. And so they, they had no photograph of what the, what the skull actually looked like, of what the Masonian had. It's just this guy had to sit there and confirm. It was a biologist, I'm sorry. Had to confirm if it was a known bear or not a known bear and like i said it took them almost six months just to locate that so yeah it's hard for them to to, to actually say what they got because they're still documenting things
2: yeah yeah jody what what uh where do you fall in line with the uh subject of sasquatch as to it actually being a living thing are you uh are you 100% sure, or, or are you, uh, you know, may, maybe it's out there? You know, where do you fall in line with that?
1: Oh, I know he exists. I've seen him. I mean, I've I, I seen him. I looked into his eyes. I know he exists. I know he exists. Because, um, like you said, I mean, um, it, it, it was daylight when I saw him. Like I said, he was 12 to 15 feet away from me. So I know, I know he exists.
0: Can you know, for the for our listeners and for our benefit because I like these stories. Can you tell us your yeah, the story yeah. of your encounter? Yeah,
1: um, we were I was uh, in the National Guard at the time. I was up in Grayling, Michigan, and um, we had um, the the vehicle which was the Bronco style Jeep. Um, it was a utility vehicle that the uh, the military had, and um, we were coming from point A to point B and um what happened on this particular time is that our unit was broken up um into two different groups that went uh the training at the time and i got stuck well myself and a couple other uh troops got stuck with other troops from other parts of the country to make up a unit you know for the training and um it was one guy from my unit two other guys from other units and we were uh Bringing ammunition back um, from the range, going to the ASP, and we decided to go off-road because it was it was 8:30 in the evening. It was still light, and you know, this was in August, uh, June or July and August time, and um, we didn't want really to get stuck staying with the ammo all night if you know if they closed. So we went off-road uh, to get there quicker, and that was kind of a no-no on a military reservation. So the tree line was getting really thick, so we stopped and we were backing the vehicle up. I was sitting in the passenger seat and that's when it moved, when the vehicle was backing up. We thought maybe we hit a tree. I mean he blended in with the environment well. And when he moved we thought we hit a tree, so we you know, the driver slammed on the brake and he moved and we're we're looking at him. I mean, he was about seven, maybe seven and a half feet, extremely muscular um his body was very odd um the hair and the skin he um looked like he had like mange like a you know you would see a dog or a coyote or something with mange his his chest his upper shoulders his head was like that you were able to see the satchel crest on his head um very human face massive jaw flat nose the high brow. You know, brow, his his eyes were almost like a blackish red color, no white whatsoever. Very muscular uh, body. You know, he had the six-pack ab. Uh, his arms were very muscular. Legs were very muscular. Long arms, long fingers. Um, you know, the um, skin was uh, almost like a, a dark beige color maybe. You know the hair was like a reddish brown, but like I said, his size he was only maybe about seven you know seven seven and a half feet, you know because we were able to see from sitting how high the vehicle was sitting in the vehicle we were able to see over his head so um but when he walked, it was like a glide, you know it was kind of like a glide, and um his back when he when he kind of i mean he was watching us as he was moving. But when um, he went back and we were just, you know, he turned his head back to look straight, I mean, his back, you can see the muscles in his back and, and things. And it was just, you know, um, very human. That was the thing, very human. There was no smell whatsoever. And if there was, I didn't notice it because it was one of these things that was right at, you know, it was awe. I mean, when we saw this thing. Because um, th- the post had numerous Bigfoot sightings. Troops were seeing sightings all the time on that post, going all the way back to the 70s. Guys have been seeing, you know, things on that post. And, um, you know, we, didn't, we got back on the road. We didn't say nothing to each other uh, as we were getting back into the Katoman area. And then when we got there, uh, we, you know, turned the ammunition in, went back to the, you know, barracks, you know, barracks, rather, and, you know, we didn't say nothing you know uh it was like you know are we going to report this Uh, i mean to each other about what we saw other than was are we going to report this or do we we tell what we saw and it's like no you don't say crap you shut up about it you know and that's what it is i didn't say nothing for 15 years i never told anybody i never even told my wife you know i haven't said anything to anybody about the sighting. you know um until I wrote the book, Traces of the Grassman, and I talk about it in there, you know, my sighting <clears throat> and things. But, um, yeah, it's, you know, he exists. I know he exists, you know, um, and he's, you know, he wasn't threatening to us. If he wanted to be, I'm sure he could, you know, but um, he showed no signs of aggression. He was just, walk, you know, watching us, you know. I, I think we spooked him as much as he spooked us.
2: So, yeah, yeah. I mean, do you do you think with with uh you only have you had other sightings or, or encounters before that you would uh, claim to be Sasquatch?
1: There there was only one other time I was out in the field um that I seen something but I really didn't get a good look at it. And it was on a night investigation. It was at Salt Fork State Park. Um, it, I, would, um, you know, I was out there with some guys. There was a team from Minnesota that was out there. And um, we were down a hillside. We had two groups of people that were, like, setting up as, a, like, a listening post, you know, in the woods there. Um, there was a guy down in a creek bed. I was standing on top of the creek bed, um why he was down there looking to see if there was any tracks, and I kept hearing movement behind me, and I would look and I, I didn't see nothing. And I'm calling back on the radio. I said, you know, to the two guys, you know, the two teams out there, are you guys moving? And they go, no, but we hear something moving. And I I hear it again, and I I had a light on the top of my head, and I turn around and I catch something moving from one tree to the next real fast. You know, um, it was dark and that's all I saw. So, um, I, I don't know what it was. I mean, it could have been somebody else that was out there in the field. You know, uh, it could have been a Bigfoot. I, I just don't know what it was. All I know, it was big and it was dark and it moved from one tree to another tree real fast. And I just barely caught, got the light on it to see. So, um... It, it could be, you know, because there was a there's a lot of sightings in that park, you know. But mm. that that's the only other time that I thought I might have seen something, you know, that w- was was there.
2: Right, right. I mean, I, I, wait, I, I, wait. I,
1: well, what I was going to say is, I mean, you know, I've had rocks thrown at me. I've had I I you know me me and uh, Billy Willard from Virginia uh, Sasquatch team um, was. On a hill, and this huge branch comes flying out of the wood line up the hill towards us. I mean, literally. And whatever threw it was big and strong because, you know, uh, it took both of us to lift this thing up. And like I said, it came uphill to us. Uh, There's times that I was in the field, and as God is my witness, I heard a grunt, and it sounded like it was standing right behind me. You know, and but I mean that's the only other times you know that I I've had anything close to what I saw.
2: Right. Well, within regards to your your uh, original sighting um, encounter, um, did, when um, when the subject turned its head, did it uh, turn his body or was there a neck? Did you see a neck or or how did it how did that work?
1: No, you know the thing I didn't see a neck. Um, when when he turned to look at us, his whole body turned like in a Patterson film. Literally turned. I mean, he. I didn't see a neck. I mean, where it looks like his head was mounted on his shoulders. It looked like his head was mounted on his shoulders because his body was just massive. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you saw the pecs and the chest. You know, I I remember the nipples on him. I mean, because he didn't have hair on his chest and on the top part of his stomach uh, and you know his shoulders and and the upper part of his back and and things because it looked like mange i mean the skin kind of looked scaly you know like dry you know um even like on his head you know on the side of his face and things you know there was not any hair and that's why you know at first i mean it, you know it, it, it was, you know, kind of frightening because, uh, you know, it, here's an ape that had had a human face. It was not human. It definitely was not a human being because, like I said, you know, um, like his forearms. Give you an example. His forearms. You, have, you know, like how a gorilla has all that massive hair on his forearms? That's yeah. what his forearms look like. It had that massive amount of hair on his forearms. Um, but it was, but the rest of the hair on his body was short, you know, um, the, the, on his legs, uh, you know, even his buttocks, he had hair on his buttocks, you know, he had hair, you know, on the lower part of his back. It's just, like I said, it's just, you know, maybe he was old and he was losing his hair. You know, there, there was hair there. Don't get me wrong, but it was, it was just so thin and, you know, it looked like it was just coming off you know it 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 was he was losing it because of maybe dry skin like you know like mange or something you know but you know you know his when he saw us his whole body turned and that's why i was saying i was just you know able to see you know his chest you know his stomach and i mean i even saw genitals i mean you know when, when when he moved and things i mean we were that close to him and it was still light enough out to see him
0: well, that's interesting because that's not often reported, but you were in telling your, about your encounter, you definitely were saying it was a him. So, yeah, that I mean, that's even confirmation. Yeah.
1: Yeah. You know, the, I mean, because if it was a female, I, I truly believe it would have had breasts, you know, it, it would have had breasts, but, you know, obviously, you know, because he had genitalia and we were able to see that, that, you know, it was, he was definitely a male. And, and I mean, the, also that, you know, his chest, his, his, you know, pecs on his chest. I mean, it was just, I mean, you know, I, when I tell people this, when I, when I tell people the, the the shape that this animal was in, you know, was just muscular. And it's, it's like, you know, they talk about like the Neanderthal because of his built. He was constantly muscular, not because he worked out, because that's how his body was built. You know, he was a muscular, you know, uh, person, you know, and these things, you know, they're muscular. It's just how their body is. I mean, you look at a gorilla, you know, they don't work out, but my God, you could see the muscles in this in, in those animals. You know, they, they, they've got pecs. You can see the pecs, you know, in their chest. I mean, they're massive, strong animals. You know, a baby, a two year old gorilla is as strong as three men. They're that strong, and, and you know we all know what a you know full grown gorilla could probably do to a man. So
0: yeah, what, you yeah. Know, and I always thing? wonder what, you know, I, what what uh, multiple of human strength that a an animal, uh, an ape that mm-hmm. is seven and a half, eight, up to you know whatever ten feet tall, um, and, and and what you describe isn't unusual. I mean, I've heard many reports. And, and the witnesses are are kind of blown away by the muscular uh, mm-hmm. how muscular that they are. So
1: yeah, I mean it, it's that that was the biggest thing I noticed about it was was just the the muscles and the arms and then the legs, you know, and, and things. And it's just you know, um, I mean I, I I've seen other reports and talked to other people, you know, um, that that times they never said you know. Um, they didn't see any muscles because they weren't looking at its body. They were looking at its face, you know, and, you know, they just didn't want to take their eyes off of it because they knew the minute they took their eyes off it, it was going to move. And they, and, you know, they lost seeing what they seen, you know? Um, uh, I remember one story I got from a a hunter. Um, He was up against, he was turkey hunting um, in Scioto County and he's, you know, his back, he's on the ground, his back's up against the tree. You know, he's all camoed out and everything. You know, he's doing turkey calls and stuff. And he hears something coming from behind. And he's thinking, well, you know, maybe it's a turkey. But he, he's realized he said, it's, it's big. And he goes, well, maybe it's a deer. You know, and this Bigfoot walks right past him, going, going, going down the hill walking right past him and he was And the thing he said to him, when he described it was, it looked like a linebacker, you know, when you see these football players with their heads down and the shoulder pads, you know, swallowing their head, you know, the massive body of the triangle style, you know, style back. And that's the way he was describing just the muscles in this thing, you know, just barely seeing the top of the head. You know, but they had this massive muscular back. You know, the muscles in the leg. You know, long arm, and you know that's the way he's describing this thing. Uh, I'm gonna have to switch a uh, switch phones real quick. because this my my cordless is getting ready to die?
0: Okay, we'll we'll just chat amongst ourselves. Right, just
1: give me a second here.
0: All right. So. Shane, when you had your your oh. encounter, did did you uh see a lot of muscle on the or you saw a portion of of I mean you didn't see the whole thing?
2: Yeah, I saw what I originally saw was a a head um and and shoulders. I, I saw no neck. Uh, I saw a hand and an arm. Um, this is from behind a tree, so I really. Mm-hmm. And, and it was dark. I was, you know, uh, about 2 in the morning, and it was dark. Uh, there was light outside, mm-hmm. and, up and a little bit of a fire to go along with it to give me enough light to see it. Um, I really didn't make out much, to be honest with you, but uh, yeah. it, it was very large. It, it looked large. Uh, and so um, to say that I could see muscle, no, I didn't see muscle. I did see, you know, hair. So it, that to me is, um, uh, I, you know, I long for the day that I could see the muscle and all that uh right, having a daylight you know. encounter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Having a daylight sure. encounter, but uh I think I've been close, but uh Jody mm-hmm. is fortunate. Um uh Jody you still with us? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh so prior prior to to this original uh encounter, um I mean, where were you exactly? Just you know, do you know, Sasquatch, you know, do they are they actually out there? I mean, were you a, a semi-believer and just confirmed it? Uh, I mean, did it just blow your mind that you saw this and and, and mm-hmm. launch you into where you're at now?
1: It it, it kind of did. The the fact that I really knew that they existed, you know, uh, yes. because I, it was something I always believed in. You know, I mean, like I said, from seeing the movie um, The Legend of Boggy Creek, that confirmed me they exist. I thought it was a real movie about a real monster, you know, which which in reality it was, you know. And then I remember also as a kid, you know, when Plane of the Apes came out, going to the drive in with my parents to go watch Plane of the Apes, and they actually showed the Patterson film as a preview before the you know, uh they did the movie Planet of the Apes. And a lot of theaters actually did that. Um, you know, they showed, you know, the the Patterson film. And, you know, and I thought that was, you know, oh my God, that was something. You know, and you knew that there's something there because I was always in as a kid. You know, like kids, you know, kids are always into monsters, you know, and stuff. And it was like I said, it was something I was always into. And this just, you know, confirmed it that, you know, they're they do exist. I mean I knew Deep down in my, you know, soul that they 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 existed, and but like I said, this this um, this proved it. Um, you know, I, I was honored that I got to, you know, have a sighting. You know, but um, it was like I said, it was just something I always knew. I I knew in my heart they they were real. Yeah.
0: So ju- well, the it, the other yeah. gentlemen that were with you, uh, what was their response to? Did you guys ever talk it about it again, or oh yeah, again yeah, it- like.
1: Yeah, like I said, I mean, we, we, we talked about it, you know, among ourselves. I mean, it was, like I said, it was, you know, something that was neat, um, uh, that what you know what we saw, we knew it was real. Um, but like I said, we never, you know, told the military about it, you know. Um, I mean, you know, people, you know, two of them I know told their family. One of them, you know, like I said, after about 10 years, you know, just did not, it affected him so much. Um, he just didn't want to ever talk about it, you know, I mean, and, and I sit there and I, I, you know, I can understand because, you know, things can affect people that could be small to you, but to them it's big and it, it can literally, you know, um, affect the way they, you know, they think. I mean, it's, I, you know, and, you know, we, we do talk about it, um you know, uh you know, when I wrote it in the book, you know, I didn't put the guys' names in there. I asked them first, you know, would you know, could I put your names in there and they didn't want their names in there. But, you know, uh they always reassured me that, you know, if it ever came to the point where I had to verify my story, you know, that they they would do it. You know, they would they would be there, you know, um to to verify it. Uh and things. But um, you know, it's uh, that you know they 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 know about it. We talk about it, but it stays with us.
0: Well, Jordy, if you wouldn't mind taking a second and calling them right now, this would be an <laughs> No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. I know. No, I'm just saying if it
1: if it got to you know they they're like well you know if it got to the point where you know you know to save your credibility we're there you know but at, at this point you know you're kind of like on your own because you know uh, two of them are in kind of positions right now um, that they would rather not unless it was absolutely necessary you know. <laughs> Um, and things because of the positions that they, you know, that they hold, and you know, the thing of it is, with you know, it's just you know, people who say, oh, they saw bigfoot or UFOs, you know, they 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 get ridiculed a lot, you know, and and it, it, it's sad, it, it's really sad, you know, that you know, science, you know, um, or even the authority won't accept it, you know, and 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 the thing I I always say. Human testimony doesn't mean crap in our field. It doesn't. I mean, it doesn't. You know, human testimony only means something if I'm going to sentence you to death or sentence you to jail, you know, as a jury member. That's the only time human testimony comes into play. You know, it's good enough to put you on death row, but it's not good enough to say that you saw a UFO or you saw a ghost or you saw a Bigfoot, you know. And things. It's just it's it's sad. It it really is. You know, in science, you know, science is supposed to be open-minded and objective. You know, to it, and and they don't even want to look at it. You know, they don't want to even look at the fact the existence of it. They don't. It, it comes down. They don't want to be proven wrong. They just don't want to be proven wrong. And I think that's so part of the reason science,
0: why. Why do you think science? What do you think science is going to do when when a body? A uh, uh, trucker hits a, a Bigfoot and the body is honestly is collected.
1: Yeah. Honestly, they're going to classify it as something other than what it is. Honestly, that's that's my opinion, because I don't think I mean, it, you know, it's this whole thing, you know, going back to to the, the UFO thing for a minute that you know, uh, they think it's going to change religion and things like that. You know, the existence, you know, of another species that was wasn't created by God. You know, and and it comes to the Bigfoot thing like that too. It's just you know you have another species of man that the Bible never talked about, which the Bible does, you know. But it, it's it's something that's not spoken in our history, you know, uh, of of mankind. But it, it's just you know they don't want to have to rewrite things, and that's you know I think that's what it, they're just. Don't want to have to rewrite or be proven that they're wrong, so they'll classify it as something other. It is It's like you know when they did this um, this yeti uh, project uh, um, about a year or so ago a little over a year and a half ago, they had all this Brian physical Sikes. evidence, yeah, and they proved yeah. it to be a a, a a bear that was extinct. Well, you know that's that's what they wanted, and that's what they got. You know, they didn't want to prove me personally, they didn't want to prove this thing existed. And I and I you know, I really believe that. And I think that's why they sat there and and documented as something other than what it is. You know, a bear, I mean that that, that's extinct, but they find hair from a bear that's been extinct, but no one has ever seen this bear and there's no physical evidence that this bear is still alive, but yet they were able to say, you know, that's what the, the Yeti is. You know, and but the thing of it is, is you know, when, when you, it, you know, I, I on the other hand, you gotta look at it this way, you know, you, you have a species of of known primate, you know, the human species, the gorilla, the chimpanzee, and orangutan. We're all, you know, primates. We're different species, but we're all primates. So you take you know the species of Bigfoot. You know, and I think that's why they have so. You see so many different ones, and that you know, you you have different breeds of them. Like you know, like the canine, the dog, it's a canine species, but you have different breeds of the dog. So I think you would have different breeds of Bigfoot. You know, the, the one in the Pacific Northwest is much different from the Eastern Bigfoot. The Falk Monster is different. You know, from the, you know, the Bigfoot in the Pacific Northwest, the Skunk Ate's different from everybody. Then you have the Yeren in China is much different. You have um, the Orang Pendex, which is definitely different. The Yeti, he's different. You know, the Yowie, his description is much different. So, but it's the same species, but it's a different breed of the species. And it's the same thing with the human species. You know, we don't call them breeds, we call them races, you know. We're the human species, but they're different races. You have black, white, you have Asian, you have Polynesian, you know, you have um, South American. I mean, you know, we're all the same species, but we're different breeds of species. So right. why variants
0: wouldn't they... within the species.
1: Correct. So why wouldn't right. they be the same, different variants within the species of Bigfoot? And I, know, think that's,
0: I think that's true because not every... Where you just you uh, describe a very muscular um, creature, mm-hmm. other people describe uh, a very slender Correct. creature. Well, there you know if there's going to be a variance between the, the largest and the smallest, the, and the skinniest and the most right. I mean, and, if, yeah, if, so.
1: if you look at the skunk ape, he's he looks more like an orangutan. This the, you know the the um, all the descriptions of that animal. You know, you look at this uh, falk monster. You know, um, his description, you know, is much, you know, um, about, you know, human size, seven feet, you know, very hairy, um, three toes, sometimes four toes. So that's a different species that you have. The, um, like you said, the skunk ape is about man size, but he, like I say, he looks more like a um, uh, orangutan. The uh, Bigfoot in the Pacific Northwest, he's slender and he's bigger. He's taller, you know. Now, when you go up to Canada you know uh you you know they they say he's much bigger, he's twelve feet, so that's a different species we're looking at there when you look at the eastern bigfoot, well, his normal typical size is about seven feet, but he's stocky, he's muscular, and he's more aggressive than the bigfoot at the pacific Northwest or the you know the falk monster or even the you know the skunk ape then then when you like you say you look at the descriptions of um the you know the, you know, the Yowie and the yeti and the almiska in russia you know the wild man and the owrein Pindex. i mean they're all different characteristics but it's the same species you know so um who's to say that that that's you know that's what it is and and that's when it comes back to the classification you know they i think they know there's all these different you know different classifications of species you know but like i said they're just not going to classify it as as a Bigfoot, I don't think they're ready to do that yet. You know,
2: and, and yeah. it
1: goes like the, you know, it, it's like you know, you don't change history. I mean, everybody knows Christopher Columbus, you know, was a rapist. He was a murderer. You know, he was not the good guy we all was taught about in grade school. You know, but we're not going to give up that free paid holiday. You know, the <laughs> people in the government's not going to do it. So why would you rewrite history? Okay, right. leave it alone, and 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 that's what it comes. And that's the same thing. That's what it comes to with 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 Bigfoot. They're not going to rewrite history. They're going to classify it as something other than what it is.
0: We well, don't want them. to get started on on public school. So <laughs> public school system. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that, that's a different show. <laughs> yeah,
2: but but well, uh, speaking of different shows, you know, Monster X is uh, really focused on the Sasquatch phenomenon. But I know mm. that you're heavily involved with the dogman phenomenon, which seems mm-hmm. to be um more in the news recently. There's been a rash of sightings, there's stuff going yeah. on there. I, I know little the little bit about the dogman uh, sightings and in, in history, but uh I know that's a huge portion of your research now. Do you mind talking a right. little bit about that?
1: No, no. Um I've been i I've been doing that for uh off and on for about ten years. Um I've been getting a lot of sightings. You know, I, the, the thing about it, you know, I was going back through all my sightings, going back from sighting reports I have from, like, the 80s and the early part of the 90s and stuff. And, you know, I re- remember getting reports of people seeing a Bigfoot that had, you know, pointy ears or the Bigfoot had a snout to it or, you know, the legs were kind of backwards, you know, like a dog and things and, you know, didn't even think about dog band. I mean, because the only dogman-type sighting I ever knew about in Ohio was the Defiance Ohio case that took place in 72. And what happened there was um, there was a creature that tormented the town of Defiance for about a week or so, um, you know, off and on. And, uh, you know, what this thing was doing, it actually attacked people, you know, on um, working a ra- working on the railroad at one time. Uh, The police, you know, took it very serious, but they were telling the public, you know, oh, it was a bear. Well, they knew it wasn't a bear because Ohio never had bear and stuff. So um, we didn't have bear in Ohio until uh, 1980, I I believe it was. So, you know, there's an eight-year gap there, you know, and, you know, that's what they were telling me. This thing was killing livestock. It was killing deers and stuff, Um, you know. Pigs, cows, things like that, and so forth. And they're, you know, trying to play it off. You know, I and mean, it got to the point where the police were actually saying this thing was wearing clothes just to get people stopped from worrying. <laughs> you know, I mean, they went that far to say it. And they were calling, it went from werewolf to uh, wolfman, you know, on the reports. So that's that was kind of going on there. So that was the only thing we knew about that was going on and um you know dealing with the the dog band type stuff. So, you know, I'm looking at these reports that were going back, you know, uh, you know, 15, 20 years and seeing, you know, that um, you know, this is what people, you know, were actually seeing. You know. So, uh, it it's 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 um it, it, it's unique because now we have like this, we're getting all these sightings, you know, in, in uh, Norton, Ohio, and at the Silver Creek um, uh, Forest up there, uh, Akron, Ohio, we're getting sightings. I mean, you know, the Michigan Dog Man, the Beast of Bray Road, um, you know, the Beast of LBL, you know, down in Kentucky. I mean, we're just getting a massive amount of, you know, sightings, um, you know, just all across the country. You know, and here in Ohio, we have an area that's called Germantown, and the people in the community, you know, knew about this animal for, you know, decades, you know, where they call it the Germantown werewolf, and, you know, um, you know, I, I talked to people, oh, you yeah, know, I knew about it because my, you know, father talked about it and my grandfather talked about it, they've seen it. You know, um, you know, people are losing, you know, livestock. They're losing their animals to this thing. The police know about it. I mean, I even talked to a couple um, women that were sitting getting their hair done in a beauty salon, and this thing's looking in the window at them. And at first they thought it was a large dog until it started walking off, and they're sitting there. They run to the window, and they're all watching this thing walk down the road, you know, um, I mean, there's like massive amount of sightings, you know, that's going all over the country, you know, uh, dealing with this object. So we're, you know, collecting as much research and data and reports so that we can, um, you know, about this animal. And it's just, it's, it's, I mean, it's just, we're just getting so much stuff right now. And we're getting yeah. so many people that, that's getting involved. It's it's the next new cryptid, you know, that, that that's coming out. So so I got this. hmm?
2: Yeah. So you fully believe that um, you know these sightings, um, in regards to the Dog Man, have nothing to do with Sasquatch. No, I. Completely different cryptid. Yeah.
1: It's a completely different cryptid, and I think, like I said, some of these people that were actually seeing uh, Bigfoot back in, excuse me, back in the you know the '80s and '90s were actually seeing a Dog Man because of the descriptions that of. Creature that they've seen, you know, a creature with a protrude snout, uh, high ears, things like that, and and that's not a typical Bigfoot, you know, characteristics, you know, in in sightings, you know, um, and things. So and, and it's just not me. I mean, I talked to a lot of other Bigfoot researchers that had reports like that from people, you know, years and years ago, you know, that were seeing these things, and it was most likely a dog man, you know, what they were seeing. And, you know, it's like, you know, I, I, I talked with a couple of different police officers across the country, you know, at different uh, conventions and stuff. And they all confirmed the same thing to me. You know, I, I said, can you tell me what the code name for Bigfoot is? Oh, yeah, it's called Black Cow. I mean, I, I had cops from, you know, uh, California, Minnesota, Texas, you know, Wisconsin, you know, Florida tell me the same thing. Uh, it, it The code name for Bigfoot is called Black Cow. And I said, well, what's, what's it for a dog man? Oh, it's Black Dog. You know, I even, you know, got confirmed through a Border Patrol agent down south that um, the code name for Bigfoot and dog man down there is called Special Alien. <laughs> you know... Well, and and that's their code word for it and they 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 see these things i mean you know it, it's nothing new they know they exist they've seen them and there's like uh two or three different code names that they use um you know for you know for like bigfoot and and things um you know uh you know dogman depending on what region and stuff that they're in there so it it's kind of unique man it 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 you know, they know they exist. I mean, I wrote the – Ohio, like in Ohio, I wrote the Division of Wildlife under the Freedom of Information Act about, um, you know, some of the dogman sightings. And they sent me a letter back saying, you know, we're denying your request for records. You know, it's like, well, you can't deny my request for records, you know, unless they're classified. That's the only time, you know, the federal government – or the state government can deny a request because it's it's against the law for any you know agency to refuse to give documentations to someone under the freedom of information act so i thought that was interesting you
2: know yeah so uh, very interesting uh, you know how how in your opinion i mean it seems that you know living here in the Pacific Northwest we don't get a lot of these sort of sightings or reports it's mainly the Sasquatch phenomena you know but right. I mean where where do most of these reports come from and and how does that work uh, in regards to the Sasquatch phenomena in comparison
1: well it, it's it's not as big as the Bigfoot stuff uh, the amounts of sightings okay if, if you're if you're collecting sightings okay but then the i say within the last 5 years the the amount of sightings of dogman is getting very close to the amount of sightings of bigfoot it's not there yet but it's getting there um as, as times going on you're going to be, you know get more and more sightings of this thing um, could you repeat that first part of that question
2: Yeah, I mean, basically, you know, we don't have a whole lot of this sort of... uh, Oh, okay, about the regions,
1: yeah. 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 What we're finding out um, on on our research is, uh, you know, I've got maybe two that came out of California, and they're really old sightings, you know. Um, But what we're looking at were from, you know, New York coming down into Pennsylvania, going down to, like, West Virginia... Kentucky, um, South, um, or North Carolina, rather coming back up towards Minnesota and Wisconsin area, uh, to Michigan, that particular belt of the Pacific or not Pacific, but the Eastern, the Northeastern part of the country, that is where a massive amount of sightings are taking place just in those, but that, that, those, that, that big loop I was telling you about going down to, um, uh, North Carolina and things uh, coming all the way back up. I mean, that's where a lot of the sightings are taking place. Yes, there are sightings in Texas. There are sightings in New Mexico in the Four Corners area. Uh, there are sightings, like I said, in California. You know, there are sightings in Washington State. But they're not to the point where they're as massive as they are in the northeast part of the country.
2: Yeah. The, uh, yeah. the whole phenomenon it kind of fascinates me because, like I said, you know I, I could think of one report that I've taken in all my years of research uh, up this way, and it, it was actually a dogman sighting in the water, uh, swimming. Um, mm-hmm. And so when I hear these reports, it's mainly seems to be from the Northeast. Uh, you know, I know my good friend uh, Mike Richburg, who does a show uh, Animal Extent um, as part of Monster X, he talks about the hide behind. Are you familiar with the hide behind um, you know, Native American stories?
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, but the thing of it is, a lot of the Native American stories mostly deal with skinwalkers and um, oh God, just slipped my mind with with um, the Wendigo. Okay, those mm-hmm. were a majority of the stories. You know, um, I. I I couldn't find I mean through my research. and I'm not saying they're not there because they probably are. It's just the the tribes that I looked into, I could not find anything dealing with a dogman type entity.
2: <clears throat>
1: because the thing about it is about the Native Americans. You know, they go by with what they see. They see the moon, they see the mountains, they see the deer, they see the wolf. So they go by, basically, on on the stuff that they see, you know, um, and what they're able to associate it with and things. Mm -hmm. But, you know, but like I said, um, they're, they're, you know, you talk to some of the tribes now, you know, they'll, they'll sit and tell you, oh, this is something that's always been a part of it. It's just we never spoke about it because it's evil. And that's understandable, you know. It's the same, say, give you an example, um, the Shawnee Indians. The Shawnees, you know, have a very big history on Bigfoot in their culture, and it's called the Big Blue Giant. And they have a mask, they have a costume of it, but they will never allow the white man to ever see it because they believe the white man is evil, and if he sees it, it's going to bring the evil out. And, you know, the, the, the Shawnees, they're, they're probably one of the, few Native American nations out there that really hate the white man till today. All the way to today they do. You know, and they'll tell you they have no problem telling you that. You know, because they just don't trust the white man. They never did. You know. Why would um, that be? Yeah. <laughs> you know, um yeah. now you you take the Cherokee, you know the Cherokee Indian. They're 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 very open about Bigfoot. They have a dance that's called the Booger Dance. And they have a costume that they wear of the booger, and the booger dances. You know, you got the family, you know, and the children dancing with the booger, and the and basically, it's it's a lesson to the children. You don't listen to your parents. You don't listen to the tribe. The booger's going to come and get you and take you away and eat you. Well, when the white man is going. Further west, he's picking up all these Native American folklores. That's where we get the boogeyman from. When our parents are telling us, "If you're not good, the boogeyman's going to get you." Well, that goes back to the Cherokee Nation, the booger dance, the booger. So it, it's it's real to a lot of tribes. Now, the the Cherokee was one of the very few tribes I've ever found that actually talked about the dog man, and they honestly always um, looked at it as a soldier. Not your typical dog soldier like the Apache had that, you know, lived off eating dogs, and that's why they were called dog soldiers. I mean, they actually looked at a tribe of wolves that were able to walk on, you know, two legs, and were very fish, uh, vicious animals, and they were known as soldiers because they attacked like soldiers, and that's why they called them dog soldiers. And um, like I said, it's very some you'll find a tribe that will actually talk to you about that particular subject. Now, J.C. Johnson, out in the Four Corners, he does a lot of research on the dog man, Phenomenon, But he doesn't refer them as werewolves or dogmans. He calls them canines you know, bipedal canines. Now, he has been doing it for so long and working with the local uh, Native American tribes, it's to the point where they really trust him, you know, as a human being, where they tell him about their culture on dealing with this particular creature. So it does exist. I mean, they're there, but a lot of the stuff they keep within themselves. Because, believe it or not, I mean, you know, I mean, seriously, if you, if you look at Native Americans in America today, they are living in the most horrendous environments. You know, these are people we need to be taken care of. We need to provide, they need to be living in big houses, they need to be getting some of the best schools. I mean, the way we treated them we owe them more and you know if anybody gets compensation it's the Native Americans you know and you know that, they just don't trust us enough to share the information but it is there
0: well so. I've spoken to Native Americans about the subject of Sasquatch and they I mean I've spoken to, to them where they, they acknowledge it pretty openly Mm-hmm. They just think we're, that white men are stupid for running around and chasing it. Oh yeah,
1: oh yeah. You know, the, they they look at it. They don't look at him as an animal. They look at it as as an Indian. You know, the Cher, the Cherokee and the Shawnee always looked at him as another Native American, another Indian, another tribe, another tribe. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. but the, now the 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 Shawnee had battles with him. They fought him for land. They fought him for food. They fought him because he was, you know, they were, you know, taking their squaws and their children and things and, and eating them. They were cannibals. They knew that. And um, Fort Ancient, there's a Native American museum here in Ohio um, with a lot of these large Indian mounds up there, and they built this museum there because uh, there's a lot of Native American culture here in Ohio, and um, they had a battle axe. Up there, that the Shawnee actually used to fight the Big Blue Giants with, you know, because they said it was the only thing that would, they were able to break their skulls with, you know. And they they're very open about it. They they had no they have no problem telling you, yeah, we, we don't like them. They didn't like us. We fought them, you know, and we won, you know, and things. Uh, the Cherokee, uh, it's a little bit different, you know. They knew it was something you didn't, you know, you 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 respected. You respect him, he respects you. The Delaware, you know, they knew that, you know, the Delaware would put these posts up, you know, out outside their their um uh village. And so the children and the squaws knew that you don't go past these posts and these posts had carvings of a prime you know, an apes face on it. And actually I have Part of one of the original posts that was given to me by the Shawnee Na- or by the uh, Delaware Nation, um, that where it was an actual post that was actually used outside a village, and um, where you know they knew you don't go past it. That's their land. Past there, they don't come in here. You don't go bother them.
0: You know. Yeah, and that's so been the. I've heard that too. was like yeah. we leave them alone, they leave us alone. They, exactly. Kind of about it.
1: Yeah, it's it, well, you know Jody. Yeah.
0: we're getting we're getting close on time, and I mm-hmm. did want to talk to you a little bit about. Um, you have some books coming out. What are, what are you uh, working on now? What, well, we I to
1: see I my, I have a new book out now called Grassman. It's a revised edition of Traces of the Grassman. There's more stuff added into it. Um, I have a book that's um actually got two of them that's going to be coming out here within the next couple months. Uh, One is uh, dealing with the Germantown werewolf, and the other one is uh, werewolf encounters. And what that is, um, it's each chapter deals with a different sighting from um, another researcher or a witness that actually seen one. And it's their story that they're telling you. And there's photographs in there. It's it's a, it's it's a really it's gonna be a really good book uh, because like I said it's gonna be filled with a lot of really scary stories, real encounters that people have actually had, and some of the stories in there um, are very frightening stories. I mean, really frightening stories. Um, so, uh, and another project we're working on um, our our group. Um, is a north American dogman project, but the um researchers the main researcher for the researchers for the group are were called dog boys and um yeah i, I love that name because um, that's that's what we do where we we do dogman research and um we're working on a DVD, um documentary on the dogman phenomenon and it's it's gonna be good i mean um uh, it it's really good I mean, some of the stuff that we have in there. Uh, we talk about some of the best sightings that are out there. We have eyewitnesses telling their stories. There's evidence that we're showing. Um, it, and that's going to be out in September. That will be available in September. So, well,
0: that, but if they awesome. want to. Yeah, books. yeah
1: so they can go on Amazon.com and they'll be able to get my books under there. Just type my name, Jody Cook, in, they'll be able to do it. I have one Dogman book on there that's no longer available um, because I had issues with another researcher. Um, what I did was I, I had a couple of people write their stories, and they they said, can I write the story? And I said, yeah. And they said, you know, don't change it because I want the people to hear what I'm saying. And I didn't. I didn't do anything. I just put the story in there. And I had one researcher um, that was in the field and my book was doing a lot better of his, and him and his team gave some really bad negatives on my book. <laughs> I mean, some really bad stuff, you know. And um it, and Amazon knows about it. Amazon's taking care of it, you know. So I had to end up pulling the book because it wasn't selling because you know jealousy in the field, and that you know, and it, it, it was really bad. It was really bad. And it takes it um, it takes about six months to have reviews moved removed from Amazon. You know, it's a kind of a long process. And but Amazon's on my side. They they, you know, they know, <clears throat> you know, this was some, you know, this was false stuff, and you know, and things and you know, legal action and stuff like that. So, um, you know, but but like I said, all my books are on there. If anyone needs to get a hold of me, they can contact me through the North American Dogman Project. Dot com Um They can contact me Through Uh Facebook You know The best way We have a uh, Facebook page On the North American Dogman Project Also Um They can just find me On there They can go on The Dog Boy page On Facebook And You know You know Contact us Through there
0: Well Jody I want to Thank you for Joining us today And we're just About out of time Yep Um And uh for, all, for Shane Forson and myself uh, We would like to, have all our to thank all our listeners For uh, listening in to Monster X this week And we will be back Next Sunday With another Monster X Radio Until then, have a great week
1: Alright, thank you Thanks Jody Alright, anytime buddy Alright Take care